When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. It is game week for the second straight week, so we're starting to find our groove here at ADP. Joshua, the Dolphins are undefeated, 1-0. 2-0, man, would change everything, especially against two wins over the AFC East. How are you doing today? Doing great, man. It's Friday. Sorry, I'm a mess. No, you're good. Um, it's good, man. It's Friday. We're, we'll probably drop this what later this afternoon, maybe Saturday. Um, but Dan Marino's birthday, so it's a good day to come on here and talk Dolphins football with you. And like you mentioned, talk about the potential of the Dolphins going two and zero. Because when we first looked at that schedule, man, those first four weeks were definitely going to tell the story of what this Miami Dolphins team was. And despite that lackluster performance from the defense, um, we're feeling pretty good heading into Sunday Night Football. So I'm doing great, Jake. Got my pumpkin coffee. How are you doing today, man? It's Friday. Feeling pretty good, except I had the dread of, you know, when you do something super embarrassing and that's the only thing you're going to think about for like, I don't know, the rest of your life, give or take. All the time. I was on a radio station up here in Massachusetts. And uh, for some reason, man, all yesterday I was in my head, I kept thinking that the Patriots uh, lost that week one matchup last year, 20 to 17. And then I did a pod with Cat later that night. And he was like, it's like, nah, man, like. It was 20 to nothing at halftime, and the Dolphins just kind of stopped caring in the second half. So am I misremembering this week one last year? Because, yes, the Baltimore game was awesome. Yes, the Buffalo game was awesome. I thought the Patriots still gave the Dolphins a little bit of trouble. Am I, am I wrong there? I mean, I'm not the right person to ask. I, I like to sit here and think I know everything about the Dolphins and, you know, can talk pretty openly about them. But there are times in my brain just completely blanks, dude. So I probably would have done the same thing. Um, I do feel like that game was closer than, you know, uh, at least it, than it was apparently. But um, don't beat yourself up about that, man. I, I've been on podcasts before, got kids yelling um, in the background, all sorts of stuff. So I know you're going to think about it a lot, but um, you'll get over it pretty quickly when the Dolphins whoop that butt. Yeah, maybe I'll go outside and like do some bear crawls down and back, monster walks, just to kind of refocus and get back to uh, what's important here. Josh, the dialogue following this Chargers-Dolphins game has been so funny because the one thing everybody doubting the Dolphins have said is is one thing and one thing simple. Well, yeah, the Dolphins face the lowest rated defense in the league. Well, Josh, I want to ask you, what needs to happen for you to be the lowest defense in the league? Play the best offense in football, right? Who would have thought? Who would have thought the Dolphins looked awesome last week against the Chargers. They were throwing the ball over the field, Tyreek Hill over 200 yards. Man, right off the top, uh, well, we'll start to break into things a little bit uh, tighter in a moment. But right off the top, do you see that offense really sticking to uh, its guns here on uh, Sunday Night Football? I'm not too sure, man. I mean, we like to talk about Tua Tungvalu being 4-0 against uh, Bill Belichick, but it is Bill Belichick, right? I mean, they're going to come out here and they're going to play as hard regardless of how awesome we look last week. So um, I want to say they're going to go out there and continue the success, but it's going to be much harder than last week. But it is funny because there's no one in, you know, any expert or analyst that sat there and said the Chargers had a bad defense by any stretch coming into this season. So um, sit there and point at that and try to, you know, downplay what the Dolphins did last week. Um, that's just the media and what they've always done to the Dolphins, it seems. So um, 
can't really say if they're going to change things up. Would like to see them stick to the run a bit more. They might have to, depending on that weather. Don't you guys have like a crazy hurricane coming up that way or something? Like they were talking about potentially even moving this game, or was that just premature Twitter talk? I think that was like a week ago. I think things have changed a little bit, but um, yeah, I'm not. A, I, sh- I should be up to date on that. I know the Apple weather app, dude, is honestly the worst thing in the entire universe. It really um, is. Yeah. Because every time it says like it's going to rain in like an hour or two, like you look outside and there it is, it's raining. And like, you're like, where do these storms come from? So with my uh, PhD in meteorology here, um, sunny, 78 on Sunday. Oh, there, there's that, I guess. It was rain on Saturday, rain on Monday, but all, all sunny in Boston for uh, or Foxborough, excuse me, for uh, Sunday night football. Josh, I guess one of the biggest reasons I'm queasy about this game, and I, part of it, I think it's because I live up here, and I just always see everything that Bill Belichick does, and, you know, the Patriots are always up in your face. The Dolphins scored th- 30 points against the Patriots just once since 2019, and it involved two defensive touchdowns. What do you feel about the way uh, everyone's approaching this game in terms of the offense should be good to go? I mean, I feel like there's a, always another level when the Patriots are involved. Yeah, shame on me. I mean, we were talking on the last pod with Merrick. I was sitting here saying how confident I was, you know, kind of had my nose in the air, you know, thinking our poop didn't stink a little bit. But the more I'm starting to think about it, this is the New England Patriots, the team that has been in a thorn in our side for what the last 20 years, and it is still Bill Belichick. So um, I'm intrigued to see the way this matchup goes. I want to see if Mike McDaniel can still, you know, some of that motion he was using the last week where he was getting Tyree Kill open. Is that going to work against Bill Belichick and the Patriots? I mean, they should have an answer for this, but um, – yeah, it's just crazy that they've only scored 30 points. I do have written down they're 60 and 55 all time, the Dolphins against the Patriots, and they won their four of the last five. But like you mentioned, uh, the last one was a loss 23 21 on New Year's Eve. So, uh, or New Year's Day. Teddy Bridgewater, so, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, baby. So they do have one up on us, but, um, you know, again, we need that defense to step up against Mac Jones because I know we all remember seeing uh, Mac Jones throwing that pick six and uh, Xavier Howard holding his groin, Marshawn Lynch style. That was a sight to see. So we definitely need some defensive turnovers if we want this game to go as planned. But, um, you know, we shouldn't be coming in this, you know, thinking we're going to just go out there and, you know, run right over the New England Patriots, right? Because that just doesn't happen. I've spent the week being pretty queasy, Josh, but, and this isn't something I think I'd be saying in week two, this game might come down to injuries. These injury reports are long, man. And and like I said, I don't think early in the year, everyone's supposed to be healthy. All the teams are supposed to be 90, 100%. Obviously, football's a physical sport. Let's start with the Patriots, man, because this injury report is absolutely bananas. Starting left tackle Trent Brown has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday due to a concussion. Same with guard City So. Center David Andrews has been limited for two straight days. Cornerback Jonathan Jones was limited on Wednesday, and he did not practice on Thursday. He was not seen on the field. And our old friend Devontae Parker, he was limited both days with a knee injury. Josh, I just said a bunch of words real quickly, but, man, their offensive line, four out of the five guys are listed as questionable, and I think it's leaning that two of them might already be out. Yeah, and I mean, it is football. The injuries happen, so we don't need to sit here and, you know, shed tears for any of these guys the same way we did Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we deserve to shed some tears. It kind of hurt a little bit seeing Aaron Rodgers go down because you want to see what he can do with the Jets. But looking at this, man, that offensive line definitely looks like it could be a problem for them. We know our defensive line has a ton of great names. we got a couple guys that, you know, didn't quite get to the quarterback last week. So are those, you know, pressures going to turn into sacks this week with a banged-up defense uh, offensive line and then uh the thing that sticks out to me is jonathan jones in the secondary i sent you a tweet 
from one of the beat writers, I think, right before we came on here. And it is Friday, like I said. So we don't have an injury report. So shame on us. But all of this is just speculation at this point. But it, Jonathan Jones wasn't at practice again on Friday. So um, when you look at that secondary, when you look at how skilled the Miami Dolphins uh, receiving corp is, I mean, that has to be a matchup that you're kind of licking your chops at, right? I mean, Tyreek Hill potentially going against a rookie in Christian Gonzalez. If Jonathan Jones is out, I mean, he gave up seven of 10 targets last week for 70 yards. He had one pass breakup, but um, it looked like the Eagles were not targeting Jonathan Jones. So if he's out of that lineup, that secondary is um, going to be susceptible to some big plays. Kyle Duggar, Jabril Peppers, and Adrian Phillips, they do have a solid trio of safeties there. But, man, you hit the nail on the head. I think Christian Gonzalez and even Jalen Mills are two guys you can attack quite a bit. When you think about that and the opportunity to go against a rookie cornerback, I mean, Tyree Kill can do anything. But one thing that I thought was interesting was the fact that, yes, the Dolphins, I think, had five different players with uh, 40 receiving yards. Jalen Waddle was sitting there with only five targets. When you think about these injuries and you think about the impact Jonathan Jones has, right, he can pull an entire defense just because he is that good of a cornerback. What does that mean for someone like when you add in a Jalen Waddle? Last week we had the Tyree Kill. What does it mean when you have both against a um, – a weak secondary, I should say. I mean, we're about to find out, right? Get your popcorn ready. I think this might be the Jalen Waddle game. I actually uh, traded for him in a keeper league with my uh, brother-in-law. He had Jalen Waddle. I had Calvin Ridley. He had Trevor Lawrence. So I kind of been pushing this thing at him. Don't you want Trevor Lawrence's wide receiver one? I'll take Jalen Waddle off your hands. So um, we did hear Jalen Waddle, I think, was banged up throughout the week, right? He was on the injury report for an oblique, I believe it was. But it does sound like he's going to go. And like you mentioned, man, Jonathan Jones, Christian Gonzalez, Jalen uh, um, Mills. I mean, that's a secondary that they can take advantage of. And I mean... I'm already going to remind me after we get off here because I have to have Christian Gonzalez as burnt toast ready to go because one of my good friends, Brett, he's a Patriots fan. He's been trolling me talking about Christian Gonzalez slowing down uh, Tyree Kill, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, I got to get that toast ready because I do think it's going to be a long day for that secondary, especially if Jonathan Jones can't go. That's a that's a hefty cash or a check he's going to have to cash there because uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. When, when I'm talking smack, I don't know if I'm going to go rookie quarterback versus like, what, 14 – four-time first-team All-Pro. Like, I'd, I don't think that's the fight I'd like to start. Flipping the coin here, Josh, we're looking at some of the Miami Dolphins injuries. Let's start with Teron Armstead, who is still has that Walgreens receipt where it's ankle, back, knee injuries. He was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. Where are your vibes at with that? You consider the fact Kendall Lamb was solid against the Chargers. He didn't allow a sack and kept Tua's uniform pretty clean. Would you want Teron Ar Yes. Yes, we all want Teron Armstead out there, but is this a matchup where you feel he must be out there or would you want to keep it a little, uh little slow with him and, and give him another week? I think ideally you'd want to let him have another week to get healthy, but um, it sounds like if it was up to Ron Armstead, he probably would have played last week. Right. And um, when you're going, if he's healthy going against the new England Patriots, I mean, that pass rush is no joke. It looks like they got Christian Barrymore, Matthew Judon, two of the, the better guys coming off the edge there. And, um, Kendall Lamb looked great, but Matthew Judon versus you know, Austin Jackson on one side, Christian Barrymore versus uh, Barrymore. I said that right, right? It sounded like Drew Barrymore. I guess it was Barrymore. Like Barrymore. Barrymore. Yeah, I was gonna say it doesn't. It isn't Barrymore. It isn't like the, the the woman. But if he's on the other side against Kendall Lamb, I mean, I feel much better with Teron Armstead out there, obviously. But if he has that Walgreens receipts list, which I don't know, Jake, is that smaller than CVS? I've never. I don't really go to Walgreens. I think much, they're actually the same thing now. I, okay. I don't know that for sure. But all those all those pharmacies print out those huge like long Santa Claus lists. But um. 
I would I would ideally like to see Teron Armstead get a, another week's rest, let Kendall Lamb go out there, show that he can be that guy. But again, Teron Armstead's ready to go. He's going to be out there, and then we just got to pray nothing happens, right? Josh, one of the most interesting parts about that Chargers game, David Long Jr. only played 17 snaps. Do you see, you look at these two tight ends in Hunter Henry, Mike Kosicki. You look at Ezekiel Elliott being a more physical back. I think you'd say the same about a Ramondre Stevenson. Is this David Long's opportunity to secure some more snaps after playing uh, such a limited role last week? I think so. And I do think, you know, I was probably pretty quick to jump down David Long Jr.'s uh, throat, you know, for his lack of snaps. But I think Vic Fangio, I scrolled down. I don't really have the quote in front of me, so I'll let you say the quote if you want. But I do think he said that um, David Long plays more of that base defense and they were nickel a lot last week. So that's why he wasn't out in the field. So um, I do think he's that guy who can come in and cover. I mean, again, you're probably going to ask Javon Holland do some of that stuff. Maybe Deshaun Elliott. Maybe we see Brandon Jones get more involved this week. But um yeah, I think this will be a David Long redemption game, kind of, sort of speak, right? 17 snaps last week. Some people are down on what he, you know, showed. I know I was. He was one of my stock down guys. So, yeah, stock up. Let's see him get out there and make some plays on a Mike Kosicki, on a uh, Hunter Henry. I just want to know, Jake, do you think this is, you know, we go into all these weeks and you try to find, you know, these players that were on the other team. We like to call them revenge games. Is this a Mike Kosicki revenge game? Do you see Mike Kosicki maybe actually, you know, maybe breaking a tackle, maybe scoring something? I mean, that's a little crazy sounding, right? Hitting us with the gritty and on Sunday night football. I don't know, man. I, I really don't want to see that. That's that's a little scary. I actually, it's weird because I would like to see the gritty. Nothing, There's nothing bad happening when Micah Sicky's doing the gritty. Um, I guess he came out and said that he, all he called the Miami Dolphins was his former employer, which I thought was a little interesting. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I Do you think the Dolphins, I mean, Mike Kosicki, you know how he's going to beat you, right? It's going to be the YOLO balls in the back of the end zone in different situations like that. Doesn't Xavier Howard on Mike Kosicki sound like it'd make a lot of sense? I I feel like that'd be a situation I'd love to watch, or even Howard on Devontae Parker. I I think that the way the Patriots would get big plays, especially out of those guys attacking down the field, uh, you would need a receiver to make a play. I don't know if they really have the talent before the ball is thrown to, you know, create all the separation. So it's going to involve physicality, maybe hoping a defensive, uh, you know, cornerback, something like that gets called for a pass interference, some sort of flag. But man, I think you, I think there's going to be some shots thrown in the air where it's going to be a, Hey, Kasiki, go get it and hope a Javon Holland can kind of run across underneath or something and pick it off. Yeah, and based on looking at the numbers, it's not just the receivers and tight ends that uh, Mac Jones gets involved, right? It looks like he had a heavy number of checkdowns. I believe Zeke had five receptions for 29 yards, and then I have written down that Ramondre Stevenson had, what, six catches for 64 yards. So um, Mac Jones is getting that ball out. He's in a new offense this year. You know, you saw a little bit of it. I think they're running, like, this, the option up there in New England, which is a little bit wild. I can't uh, – you probably have listed how many times Mac Jones threw the ball last week, but it was a lot, was it not? So um, – I'm intrigued to see the way the Dolphins match up there as well. I mean, you got to account for Ramondre Stevenson. Ezekiel Elliott's not, you know, the same game changer he once was, but that Dolphins defense, you know, they were giving up some big plays to the running backs last week in, in both the passing and run games. So interested to see the way the New England Patriots attack that and how the Dolphins counter that. Because like Vic Fangio said last week, he was not ready. He felt bad that he had these guys, you know, unprepared for that run run defense. Do you feel that this Chargers uh... – the Chargers running backs and the Patriots running backs are a bit different just in terms of the style. I think the Dolphins can attack this rushing attack a little differently. Um, and then when you consider the issues on the offensive line, you do think that they're going to do a lot of um, dump-off passes. And then you wonder, hey, maybe it will be another Andrew Van Ginkle game, Josh. This actually kind of surprised me. I mean, I think Gerald Everett's a solid tight end. Austin Eckler, we know what he can do out of the backfield. Uh, Van Ginkle, according to Pro Football Focus, earned a 71 overall grade. 
that ain't too bad, you know, having to be out there on an island, um, usually in the flat or somewhere around there. Yeah, you're right. These backs are completely different. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson's a stud, but I think Austin Eckler, what, top five running back in football? You know, he can do everything. So you're right. It's going to be a completely different team that we're playing. Their offensive line's banged up. So, um, yeah, man, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see the way it all plays out and the way um, that Dolphins defense steps up. And you wonder if Andrew Van Ginkle's going to get all them snaps again this week. I mean, again, it goes back to Vic Fangio literally calling him up and saying, you know, we want you here in Miami. Come home, right? I mean, he was visiting with the Raiders. I think he even went up to New England to visit a little bit. So uh, we'll see what AVG can do, being that interior linebacker in those nickel situations. And if he can continue to go out there and make plays in the past game, like you mentioned, because he wasn't an, a liability in coverage, and that's more – that's more than we can say for some of these other linebackers that came before him. Let's talk about the offense for a few minutes here, Mr. Joshua. Tua against the Chargers, 466 yards. That means he's on pace, Josh, 7,922 yards by the end of the season. His three touchdowns in week one, well, that means he's on pace for 51. Five different receivers had at least 40 yards, but... Let's slow down just a little bit here. If we want to talk about Tua against the Patriots, Tua being undefeated against the Patriots, we at least got to talk about these numbers. Going back to 2020, uh, he went 20 for 26, 145 yards and an interception. Go to September of 2021, 16 for 27, 202 yards, one tutty, one interception. Lane, I did it again. I'm sorry. Uh, January 2022, uh, 15 for 22, 109 and a touchdown. Josh. Tua hasn't had these monster games, except if you go back to last year. Uh, 23 for 33, 270 yards and a touchdown. That was on opening day, and that was with the Dolphins still only scoring 20 points. So I think we'll need some uh, game breakers to show up here. And because and, I think the Patriots and Bill Belichick are really going to force Tua just to get all the way down the field and make no make sure nobody makes mistakes because one penalty can really derail drive. Yeah, and I don't want to say that Bill Belichick's sitting here, you know, sleep not not sleeping at night thinking about two a time below but it has to irk him a little bit right that this dude hasn't lost to him at all so um i do have to make note i think he had three rushing touchdowns two total in that in those meetings so um you know while they're skewed a little bit and they're not the greatest passing numbers he does you know make plays down there in the goal line so will we see a rushing touchdown perhaps this week uh stay tuned but i i do think the one thing we saw last week that we really didn't see last year was a lot of yak yards right i mean that was kind of the thing when the dolphins got tyree kill everyone wanted to you know bash what he did and you know kind of say oh yeah anybody can do that with those yak yards he didn't have yak yards last year we saw that in week one and you wonder how much of those yak yards he'll be able to get um this week so i'm i'm i want to see two go out up there and you know have that game that we all expect but again it's a bill belichick defense i don't think he's gonna go up there and throw for three or four hundred yards but i don't think anybody really thought he was gonna throw for 466 last week either so um godspeed i feel a lot better trusting to a tongue of a low and what he can do um in year four, because I mean, at this point, man, all we need to do is see him healthy and the, the sky is really the limit. And it just feels good to be able to say that after 20 years of mediocrity and wondering who the dude is to a time. looks like the dude. The dolphins had 65 plays last week, 20 carries and 45 pass attempts. Josh, considering that, um, does, how much do you see that changing just in a single week? I'll, I'll say, I'll give you like a, a, a 10 play swing. Where, where, where do you feel like that will go in terms of, uh, uh, Miami's options in, to, in terms of choosing to pass or run the football. 
Yeah, I mean, I think this will be a little closer, right? Like 40-30 kind of split type thing, maybe, play-wise. I mean, I think they are going to run the ball more, but I guess a lot of it depends on Raheem Mostert. Sounds like he's out, right? Or at least banged up for this one. I don't know. He's active. No, he was, he, that was Is just a rest day on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. okay, my bad. It shows how much I've been paying attention. So we got Mostert out there. Um, he looked pretty good the first first game of the year. Is Devon A. Chain going to get, you know, more reps? I don't know. And I want to see Eric Ezukoma continue to be that Debo. So we'll go 40-30. I think they do try to tone it down a little bit, maybe run the ball more because, again, I think the Bill Belichick and those Patriots are going to be out to try to stop the passing game and to force, you know, that run de- that run game to do something or to a ton of a load to make a mistake and, you know, not target his guys and Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, which um, then Braxton Berrios is just going to feast. Eric Azucama, you mentioned him, two carries for 12 yards, and he just looked really clean in the backfield, which is I thought was the most impressive part. Usually when you try those type of plays, it just looks really ugly and it doesn't work. Something I want to bring up, Josh, I don't know if you saw this. Daniel Jeremiah, he works for NFL Network, and he does Chargers games, uh, I believe radio. Uh, there was a challenge where I, I forgot what the challenge was, but it had Mike McDaniel on one side and Brandon Staley on the other. It just wants to give the reaction to the coaches. Mike McDaniel noticed that the camera was on him and he started mouthing run the ball the next five plays over and over. So you see that you see all the stuff Mike McDaniel does was the entire off season of we're going to run the football more all tongue in cheek. Was it all just a complete lie? I mean, I don't know. I mean, after that first week, I mean, I kind of was leaning towards it all being a lie a little bit, right? I mean, and you can't really fault him because he does have Tyree Kill and Jalen Wilder. You can't really fault him because he does have, you know, he's finding ways to get these playmakers in space and to get that yak. So um, I don't know. I mean, we'll wait till the end of the year to say if it was all tongue in cheek. But after that first week, I kind of felt that way. And you have to love that story, right, Jake? I mean, you and I will never be football coaches. But if we were, we'd do quirky stuff like that. If the camera's on us, you know, who knows? You might even give them the finger or something here or there. So when I heard that story, I was just uh, I thought it was the perfect you know, it tells you exactly what type of person Mike McDaniel is. He can sit there in the middle of a challenge, you know, in the middle of a game and kind of uh, joke around a little bit. So um, I don't think it is, but, you know, maybe if they get Jonathan Taylor, maybe he'll start running the ball a little bit more, right? I mean, I think we got like three more weeks <laughs> till we'll hear rumors of that pick back up. But um, you really don't need to run the ball as much as we maybe had thought with those playmakers at receiver. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, what are your thoughts? Like, if Armstead played last week, do you think they would have ran the ball more? Um, I was talking to this with Cat a little bit. Just like that stretch, the outside behind Armstead just kind of seemed like the bread and butter play for so long. Um, do you think maybe Miami's choice to pass the ball so much in week one did have to do with the fact you're missing your top offensive lineman? That's a good – I mean, tinfoil hat, that's a good – um observation by you i mean i can't really say for sure but i could see how that would affect it and why you know they might go out there and and pass the football more but again i think a lot of it had to do with brandon staley coming into that game thinking that he can almost do what he did last season and um mike mcdaniel just having a whole new bag of tricks up his sleeve but you could be onto something there jake i guess if teron armstead's out there and we see him run the ball more maybe that maybe you can say you're onto something with that where do you feel someone like Devon Achan fits in against a physical New England Patriots defense? They forced a mean fumble, I think, on Jalen Hurts last week. Do you see this as an opportunity to get Devon Achan not only in, but against a very tough defense? This is someone who ran for 1,200 yards in the SEC. Or do you see this more of just more physicality? They'll kind of just stick with Raheem Mostert and Salvan Ahmed, at least early in the season. And then maybe um, as everyone gets banged up a little bit, then you might see Achan start to get sprinkled in until he gets that consistency under his belt. 
yeah, at this point, I'm not really sure what they're looking to do with Devon Chain. I still think Salvin Ahmed's above him on the um, depth chart. So you got you got Salvin Ahmed, you got Raheem Moster, and you got Devon Chain. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know how much he'll he'll be targeted in that offense, but he could be that guy that you come out here and unleash on Sunday Night Football that the Patriots haven't really seen much of, and you know, takes one of the house, and then who knows what comes of that. So. I'd like to see Devon Chain out there, but again, I think that they're confident with Mostert and Salvin Ahmed can do that. Um, they can continue to redshirt him if that's the route they see, they want to go. Who would you think if let, let's say you know you just mentioned it, Mike McDaniel does this quirky stuff that we would probably do. If he had the fire, if you had the firepower, he does at, at your disposal, and you wanted to have a Sunday Night Football star. Who would you pick to have like a statement week two as everyone's watching? Who do you want the whole, uh, you know, NFL to be looking at? Like, damn, this guy just went off. We talking offense or defense? My thing uh, went to, I went to one of the round. Offense, we'll stick to the offense. Who's Mike McDaniel going to cook up to be the stud? Just, you know, get the, maybe the five extra plays just designed for them. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with. I think Jalen Waddle is going to be that guy. I mean, I was going to say Braxton Barrios. I wanted him to have that coming out game because I'm kind of high on him after last week. But I think it's going to be Jalen Waddle. Again, all the focus is going to be on taking Tyree Kill away, maybe bracketing him. Jalen Waddle, I, I feel like he could have done a little bit more last week. I mean, as crazy as that sounds, what he had like four catches and I, I think it was like nine yards. yards. Yeah, nine yards yak on each catch or something like something like that. So, um, yeah, I'll go with Jalen Waddle. Who do you think? I I actually was going to try to pull off some sort of like Eric Azucama. But man, the more I think about it, everybody's talking about Tyreek Hill. Nobody's talking about Waddle. I think Mike McDaniel knows that too. And I think Mike McDaniel wants to give Waddle some love. Not that I, I know anything, but I mean, I could see a two touchdown game just so like everybody on, on Sunday night has to be like just seeing him waddle back and forth twice in New England. That's starting to make a little sense, especially if we're talking tinfoil hats. Yeah, another guy I was going to say is maybe Durham Smythe. I continue to, you know, see the way he was utilized last week. I thought he did pretty well. So you think Durham Smythe gets a, a tutty? Sorry, Lane. You think he gets a tutty in this game? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know if I'm jinxing this. And then, but I and then he hits the gritty. Then he hits the gritty. How about that? And just, oh points, at him. just points at him like, a, a yeah, that'd be great. Dude, Durham Smythe hitting the gritty and just staring at Mike Asiki would be the greatest football play in history that would be so much fun to watch i don't know if i'm jinxing it but i do have a alec ingold 13 to 1 touchdown ticket i had it last week i, I think that's another one where it's just going to be maybe a wheel route or something and he's just wide open uh yeah you're watching tyree kill man any of these guys can just all of a sudden be all alone looking at the schedule joshua as we begin to wrap up here a win does so much for this Miami Dolphins team. Not only are you starting the season with back-to-back wins, it'd be two road wins against AFC opponents going into a Denver showdown on September 24th, following a trip to Buffalo. Josh, we were going to learn so much about this team, but I mean, even if it's in a very ugly two and two split, then you got the Giants Panthers as the next two after that. So, I mean, where do you feel this game fits is like a tone setter. And even I'll go as far to say a week two must win. Yeah, I definitely don't feel like it's a week too much one unless you're the New England Patriots, right? You might feel like you have to win this game. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is a tone center. Again, it's Bill Belichick's defense. I mean, they're not the same Pats, but it is kind of the same Pats. And I think we a lot of us are overlooking them because they have McCorkle Jones, a quarterback, a guy who, again, offensive rookie of the year, right? I mean, or rookie of the year, I guess, as a rookie. So, I mean, he has some talent. I mean, I know he's two of those backup, but I think definitively beating the New England Patriots and then, 
you know, continuing this momentum. I mean, is anybody scared of Denver Broncos? Is anybody scared of Denver Broncos at this point? I don't I don't know if anybody's scared of Denver Broncos. I mean, the Buffalo Bills um, look beatable, but that's probably the team that will really set the tone. But for now, I'm going to go with this being that tone setter. And if they can beat the New England Patriots in a convincing fashion that we really haven't seen, you know, over the last few meetings, I will feel very, very good heading into these next few weeks. And again, when you looked at this schedule at the beginning of the year, there were some games at the beginning of the season that, you know, made you a little bit worried. And this was definitely one of them. I think Miami's defensive line is going to come back with vengeance. Yes, the defense had three sacks last week, but I think even Vangio kind of said it. There was too much hero ball going on. Considering the injuries that the Patriots are working with up front, I mean, this could be the Christian Wilkins three sacks game to really set the tone for his, uh, uh, you know, next contract or Jalen Phillips, his three sack game to get those uh, defensive player of the year talks going. Above both of those, man, the stars are aligning for Bradley Chubb to finally show why the Dolphins traded a first round pick, give him that big contract, because I think the clock isn't ticking like he's not going anywhere. But I mean, each time he's out on the field that we don't see a big play. I mean, that, that doubt gets just a slightly bit bigger. Yeah, and I, I mean, I continue to go back to it. And I mean, it was just a tweet. But at the time, Roquan Smith was still in the trade block. And I kept thinking, you know, Dolphins could use that middle presence in that linebacking core. And I think if you look at their. Um, you know, their salaries, I think Roquan might be making a little bit less than Bradley Chubb. So every time I see Bradley Chubb and, you know, you hear about the struggles, I just continue to think, man, maybe they should have traded for Roquan Smith. But I'm a nobody. I have no idea. And I do think tons of pressures last week. Um, he's going to bring down Mac, Mac Jones. And I think, you know, maybe force a fumble or two. So I think Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, they're going to take this game over. And um, at that point, all you need is two tongue of a low in that offense to just do enough to beat the Patriots. And then we move on and um, let's ride. Last question I have before predictions set the over under three and a half sacks of Mac Jones next week or on Sunday, I should say taking the over or under. Sorry. What was the over under? I'm not even sure what it is. I three and a half. Three, oh. three and a half sacks of Mac Jones. Dolphins had three sacks last week. Yeah. Yeah. They'll get five this week. I love it. I love it. All right. To wrap things up here, Josh, I spent the whole week being so queasy about this matchup, but considering the injuries, Considering that there are some people in New England saying that Tua and Mac Jones are like the same player, I'm starting to think the Dolphins are going to come out here and really want to make a statement on Sunday night football. I think you gave your projection when we were with Merrick, but I'm going to give you another opportunity to make another one because we're just uh, freewheeling and dealing like that. But I'm going to say I think 27-17 is going to be the final score here, and I think the Dolphins do keep that 10, uh, 13, 14-point advantage for most of the game, just kind of keep them out of arm's reach. Yeah, you mentioned people in New England comparing the two. I mean, is that not the craziest thing you've ever seen? I think he, uh, the guy, even I can't remember who it was, but even went on to, to say that Mac Jones was more accurate than Tua Tagovailoa. So I don't know what's going on up there in New England, but that's just the craziest stuff that you could ever hear. I have twenty-seven twenty written down in my notebook, so that might not even be this game, but I'm going to say twenty-seven twenty again. I don't know which game this was. I thought I wrote it down yesterday. So twenty-seven twenty Dolphins. Um, I guess that's a little closer than what we might hope. I mean, the seven-point game, I, I'd love to see him go up there and just lay the wood on him, right, Jake? I mean, that's kind of um, the memories we have of all those great Dolphin wins. And I wanted to ask you before we wrap it up, what is your favorite win over the New England Patriots? Because I was thinking, and the ones that always stick out is the Miami Miracle to me. Um, there was a game on Monday night when A.J. Feely was the quarterback. The Dolphins were wearing their orange jerseys. I think the Pats went on to win the Super Bowl that year, but the Dolphins ended up beating them on like a Ronaldo Hill interception. That one always stands out, and then it has to be the Wildcat game. I think that's my number one is that Wildcat game. When I still remember going to halftime at Taco Bell all sad and getting Baja Blast and coming home, and they just 
unleashed this whole new offense that just like blew everyone's mind. So um, I probably just said all of yours, right? Weirdly, I don't know if it was just the timing or something. The Dolphins weren't really in a good spot of the Miami miracle. It kept the season alive, but like things were like ugly at the time. It was kind of like a bandaid in a sense where I felt like, yeah, it's great, but I, I still sense that little bit of dread. It was an awesome game. Don't get me wrong. I wish I had it up, but I think the game that Mike, Michael Thomas sealed the deal with the interception in the end zone, just because it seemed like the Dolphins at the time were in a spot where they could have really uh, punch up and, and have an opportunity to make some noise in the AFC East. And I think that was a great opportunity to do it. And man, I mean, Michael Thomas is someone who's jumped around the league and I think he's actually still in the league to, to hear that. I think that was what, 2016, 2017, man, that stuff. So, so cool that they can leave a last impression like that. I think I'd go with that game. Um, Wildcats always awesome. I love that game as well. Um, but I mean, I also remember the Monday night football game, Wes Welker, 99 yard touchdown. And I think, uh, there was another one. Randy Moss had three, like first half, uh, touchdowns against the dolphins and they were losing like 35 to nothing at half. So, so I've definitely seen my fair share of, uh, nonsense in these dolphins Patriots games. Anytime dolphins beat the Patriots is the best game. Wow. That is Josh. What a way to wrap this up. Thank you all so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. If you're looking for some clips before we are back on this feed, go over to YouTube, take it to the house. You will see some nice highlights there. But we'll be back with a recap show on Monday. But until then, hopefully it'll be a victory Monday. And most importantly, fins up. Fins up. Go Dolphins. Fins up. Fins up.